0: Hello and welcome to the MFC Foundation podcast, my name is Jim Dyson, I'm a stepping up coach for the foundation and as part of our 25th year celebrations we've decided to launch a foundation podcast, basically letting you guys out there know about the great work we do, the amazing people that work with us and the even more amazing people that we work with. Throughout the next couple of months we'll be showcasing all the great projects we do and have a few special guests, so for our first podcast we come from very more special than the head of the foundation, Helena Bowman, Helena welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, Jim.
0: No problem. So, question, well, the first question I have to ask is, so 25 years of the MFC Foundation, that's massive. How does it feel to be the head of the foundation in its 25th year and what great things have we got planned?
1: Oh, I mean, it feels brilliant. I guess 25 years as a charity is a long time. its I believe it's the first football club professional charity to become a, to become a charity, so... 25 years of that and there's been, you know, many ups and downs within that. Um, To be the head of foundation at the 25th year is something special and I'm really pleased to say that, I mean, as we are in this 25th year, the staff are performing brilliantly. It's It's been very challenging, as everyone knows, over the last year especially, but hopefully in this year the foundation will continue to perform like it has been over the last few years at sort of high level fantastic staff and teamwork and really making a difference in the community um what are we doing for the 25th year so well the plan was to have a 25th year anniversary dinner so we have an annual dinner every year but this year was going to be a, a bigger one um, and i say was going to be a bigger one because we're not 100 sure at the minute if it can go ahead um so that was going to be the star event i guess and However many hundreds of people together celebrating the work of the foundation was the plan. Um, We do have a date for it in the summer, but at this time, I can't really confirm if it's going to go ahead because of the obvious reasons. Um, And then we will do things for the staff. We'll do things for the community. Um, We have a programme called Friends of the Foundation, which is all about businesses supporting us um, with a, a minimal fee each year we'd love to get 25 new businesses from across Teeside or Tees Valley involved that's that's a real um, aim of ours um, and then and things around the theme 25 so hopefully in schools in stepping up in your project gym you might be doing themed work around the number 25 whether that's maths English whether it's planning an event themselves so theming theming the work we do in the community around the landmark um, for us And it is, you know what, I think it's a great question because I've never really thought of it as what's it like to lead the charity at this time? And actually it's a privilege, it really is a privilege to work with such a a great group of people um, and performing well and and impacting positively on the community.
0: Yeah, it's really great. I've only been here for three months now and I can already already see how great it is to work here. Um, So how has it changed over the last 25 years? Um, Obviously you've, you've not been here for the full 25 years yourself, but how has it changed from what you've, from, particularly from yourself, but from what other people have told you?
1: Um, so I have, I've been here 15 years. I've had six different roles, which we might come on to later. So I've been here for quite a, quite a long time, I guess, in terms of the 25. Um, football charities started off as football in the community. So it was very, very much, as it says on the tin, football lessons in the community, developing footballers, Delivering football in schools, uh, bag of balls on your back, going to the local park and delivering football. Um, it's that that is still very much a core element of a lot of football club charities and 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 Middlesbrough Football Club Foundation, but it has just changed massively from then. It is we are charities, we are governed heavily governed by the charity commission where we act almost as businesses in that way because you know, we have to fundraise we have staff to manage you know we have HR finance processes just like any other company would have um, and we deliver a multitude of programs which are not just about sport so I remember 15 years ago people thinking because I used to wear a track suit unbelievably um, when I was delivering in schools but people would think I work for the club shop They thought you work for the club shop or you work for the football club as a football coach. And actually times have changed now. And I don't think people think that of us. If if our staff now go out and are seen in public, people may think they work for the foundation. They might think they're educators. They might think they deliver health education or social inclusion activities. Um, And that is testament to the work that the staff do, but also just really highlights how things have changed over the last 25 years. Obviously, the world's changed in that time as well. Even in the last year, we ourselves have had to change our strategy on the ground to ensure that our staff are, are, are supporting the most vulnerable through the pandemic, Pandemic, and th- that will shape the next 25 years of what we do, I'm sure. Um, so I guess it, it, it's changed massively. The people have changed, obviously, but it's gone from a, a community project to a large charity which targets a lot of different areas to support the community
0: yeah one thing I've noticed coming in is like the the scale the massive scale of how big the foundation is and also that the diversity in its workforce you know I imagine at the start of the foundation when it was starting 25 years ago there would be very few female employees and now there's a very significant number of the staff and in particular management roles such as yourself uh, that are female which that's always great to see so
1: yeah, and I, I obviously, I love that bit as well, because we do, I think 45% of our staff are female, which is which is brilliant.
0: Well, that's very good. Um, so, touching on the, what we've researched in lockdown, so how has the foundation met the challenges of COVID-19, and what are they currently doing during this third lockdown?
1: Yes, yeah, so I mean, for everyone, just like everyone, the challenges were massive in various, various ways. Uh, you've got staffing to support but you've also in our sector you've got the delivery of well out what we're trying to do in the community and how we help people has just changed overnight um a lot of our delivery is school-based and with larger groups of people I guess which which cannot happen at all in a pandemic um unfortunately for us some of our funders were flexible enough to say continue what you're doing but just do it in a different way as long as you're helping and targeting the people that need the support, then please take the money, keep it and and change what you're doing. So for example, we get money from the Premier League Charitable Fund. So the Premier League have their own charity. We bid for that money and they have specific projects which we then deliver on their behalf. Um, One of them is a nighttime project, nighttime, it's sort of late afternoon, evening project uh, to get people off the streets, let's say, into positive activities though that, that can't happen at this time. But what we can do is we can support those individuals who uh, take part in those projects with food parcels, with shopping. Uh, people people were isolating, people were shielding, I couldn't leave their house. How can we help? Well, we'll go and do your shopping for you. We will go and pick up your prescription. We will bring you a food parcel if you need food. Um, we work very closely with the councils on that as well. So we had a, a link at the beginning of I think it was set up by April 2000, last year 2020, um, and we were, were put in contact with any vulnerable any any vulnerable person in Red and Cleveland who wanted food shopping. We were the go to organisation. Or well, I say that there were many, but we were one of them. Um, so we were doing food shopping for elderly residents, for example, um, for weeks and weeks. Um, we have done a lot, a lot of stuff with food. So at one point, we got a donation of 90,000 individual products off Greg's for free. Um, and they suddenly arrived at the Riverside Stadium, and we had 50,000 bottles of orange juice, and we had 40,000 packets of crisps. And we, the, the staff, then developed a network of organizations locally who were able to distribute them to the people who needed them. Um, I mean, everyone knows Food Bank people using food banks have gone up five times, I think it was the last time I checked. So there's an absolute mm-hmm. demand there for, for that need for food. But it's also about sustainability. So yes, we can support short term and we can provide free food and we can use the funds we've got to help those most vulnerable, but how do we make sure that that's a long-term sustainable strategy because free food stops at some point. Um, so that is something we're working on and looking at at this time. and prior to the pandemic we'd never done anything like that at all we just we reacted no. we knew we were needed and we'd put our hands up and said what support do people need um, and we've worked worked a lot with the football club on that as well with their database um, so it's just a completely different direction but then in between there you've got lockdown stopping and our normal activities resuming but you still want to carry on the other activities as well so it's been a very reactive situation which is also been quite rewarding for us because we can see the difference that we're making um so we need to ensure that once this ends and it will end that we capture some of those elements in our future strategy as well
0: yeah so really great, lots of great work um one thing i've worked for a lot of community organizations i've noticed the real difference between good community good community organizations and great community organizations the ones that are willing to put aside what they're set out doing to meet the needs of the community. So, like we've, we've, we've adapted and we've not gone. Oh, the funding says we've got to do this. We've actually gone. No, the community says, which is a great thing. I really think it, it makes a community organisation great. So, yeah, that's
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, and also- I mean, it's That's
1: exactly it, isn't it? It's listening to the community, to the young people, like we would in a young person's project normally, and and meeting the needs. That That's why. That is exactly why we're here.
0: And I'm sure we'd like to at the moment as well, for anyone who's listening who has donated, say thank you for all your great support. For everyone across Teesside, Middlesbrough and all the companies that are funded. I think it's a great opportunity to say thank you to you for helping us.
1: Yeah, and I'd, I'd I'd like to say that as well, because it has been incredible. Like We have never had so many donations, either cash donations or physical donations of food as well, or off opportunities of people saying they want to volunteer for us. So anyone or even if it's just sharing stuff on social media and supporting what we do and getting the message out there. So thank you, from, honestly, massive thank you from everyone at the foundation and myself on that.
0: It's great to see that the um, the spirit of Teesside is still alive, you know, the, the family spirit. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a great phrase, that. I like it, yeah
0: so moving on to a bit more about yourself so head of foundation that must come with a lot of responsibilities so what does your role within the foundation actually involve
1: um or oh, what does it involve it's very multifaceted I suppose on paper it is I report to a board of trustees of which we've got 10 and I am there to deliver that strategy so they put that it is their responsibility to set up let's say or dictate that strategy even though we're involved in that development and I am there to deliver it and that will include finance, so financial targets, bringing income. It will be managing staff and leading staff and ensuring that they are all involved in that strategy development and the operational plan, which goes along with it as well, because the strategy itself has basically a business plan. So my job is to is to get that business plan achieved and over the line, I guess. Um, but staff, caring about the staff, the workforce, making sure the right cultures in place. That is a big, big part of my job, creating the right culture for the foundation. And at the minute, it's, you know, it's a great team. That's a big part of the culture, quality, continuous improvement, but, but working together in an inclusive way, that's the culture we've created. Um, and my job is yes to put that in place, but also to make sure it continues. Um, and then governance is a big, big part. So making sure that we are doing everything correctly and meeting all our legal objectives, um, compliance, safeguarding, Health and safety, or equality, all of those things that come into the the area of compliance, I guess. So it's great. It's quite diverse, I think, which I like. It's not boring. It's definitely challenging.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, It is challenging managing all these people. And to be fair, I think the foundation is a credit to you. know, I definitely feel what I definitely feel being here that um, quality is never sacrificed for quantity. You know, everyone makes sure everything's done properly and in the right way. Um, yeah, but it is a great family, it is it's a, a really good family, it's one thing I've sure with the job is the fact that I've not been able to get to the office and meet everybody, you know what I mean, so it's something I've still got to look forward to, but yeah, everyone...
1: It's, it's interesting as well, because actually the word family is really good, and, team, and that is the teamwork bit, what the pandemic has shown is, well, or what we've struggled with, I guess, is that is that teamwork element, because you've had to work by yourself at home, yes, you can have as many Zoom calls as you want with, with Teams and all of that, and you can ring people, but actually, it's just not quite the same as being there. The creativity is slightly lost, I guess, because you can't have those moments where you see a staff member in the kitchen and have a chat about something that you've done and get an idea. That is lost through the pandemic. So I suppose it's, again, my responsibility to make sure that is somehow captured and, and continues at this time. It's difficult.
0: It is very difficult, but um, and, uh, that's the way we're working with Just got we, we do have to just sort of pod on and try the best we can
1: so um, absolutely
0: so um a bit more about yourself so how did you start with the foundation and um, how did you get to where you are today
1: so I graduated Sheffield University and with a psychology degree and I came back home to Durham which is where I grew up and where I lived at the time I got some local jobs I worked in a bar I was an assistant manager of a bar and then I randomly saw a job in the paper at the time with the Middlesbrough Football Club badge on it. Um, and I love football, it's a real passion of mine in life. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting, I'll apply for that. Um, I Probably wouldn't recommend that to anyone else at this time if you're looking for a job, because genuinely the motivating factor was just the Football Club badge. I'm not even 100% sure that I knew what the, the job was about at the time. Um, but I ended up applying for the job and I, I got the job. And the job at the time was a youth engagement worker. So I delivered education, business and enterprise education, in secondary schools. Um, I never, ever thought that I would be teaching. That was never a a passion of mine prior to getting this job or a drive or or anything I thought I ever wanted to be. But it was, though it wasn't a full-time teacher in a school, it was standing up in front of a class of year 10 students as a a teacher, I guess. Um, And I from that role then moved into a senior youth engagement worker role which gave me more responsibility a bit of line management and then I gradually moved up through the education department and I gained a PGCE so a teaching certificate whilst I was at the foundation I did that on a night and then I ended up doing an MA a master's in education at Teeside University also on a night um, which was challenging in itself but very interesting um, and at the time I was education manager so it really benefited my role at the foundation um, I then moved into the community manager role and then gradually moved up to the head of foundation uh, which I've been for the last few years which isn't again it's not something that I thought it wasn't on my horizon when I looked at it I didn't think I would be managing a charity and leading a charity but actually it, it, the opportunity was there and it was, it was given to me and I took it and I've, I've learned so much. And I, I love the job, I love, I love the challenge it brings. I love the people, I love the, the difference that people are making and the reward and the smiles that they have when they know they've made that difference. Um, I'm also conscious that I've worked here for 15 years. So that's a good thing in the terms of, I know the organisation, I've been in various roles. So hopefully I can empathise with some of the staff, even though things change. Um, but also I'm conscious that 15 years at one organisation, um, so that could be seen as a weakness, I guess. So I, I sit on various boards and chair consortiums just to ensure that I'm learning from other organisations and that I have a wider scope of knowledge that I can then bring into my role. Um, and it's been a great 15 years and it's, it's still challenging. It's not an easy job. It's diverse. It's changing. The pandemic has been... Um, awful for a lot of people but it's also been you've really had to just had to get on with it and react and lead and just make decisions it's been very different and a great learning experience as well yeah
0: yeah I really love community work it's one, it's one of them jobs where you have days where you absolutely love it; it's the best thing ever and you have days which are absolutely horrible you just want to go home and cry but the, the good days always outweigh the bad days there, don't they don't
1: know oh good I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you said yeah. that no. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no! Won't be here. Didn't want to know. You do get loads. So much goes off, and yeah, it really is great to be working. And yeah, obviously, great journey. So you have a great journey and working. Um, working that night through your degrees and stuff like that. I know how, how tough that is because I was with the Open University. So, yeah, it must be pretty hard. It is
1: tough. is tough and just on your point of sort of some days can be worse I suppose when you're working at the front line and you're working with some of the most vulnerable people it is it's heartbreaking it really is sometimes and I don't have that in my job at this time but I do get feedback from staff and I see emails and it is some of the stories about young people or adults It's, it's difficult to comprehend how difficult it is out there and but then that's where the hard bit comes of your job, Jim. But I guess also, you, if you can make a difference, that really, really is rewarding.
0: Yeah, that's the good. The good days always get you through the bad days. You know, what I mean, the bad days are just as so much important as the good days. That's how I always see it. Um, because you make know, the, the bad days into good days, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, I
1: agree, and you learn a lot.
0: So, and um, all this time, what's your proudest moment working with the foundation?
1: Um. There's, I have a lot of moments where I'm proud I think that the immediate one that comes to mind is we won community club of the year for the first time three years ago we also won it in 2020 which is a brilliant achievement but I think when we won it in 2018 sorry this is community club of the year for the northeastern Yorkshire so out of all those clubs we were named yeah the community club um I think it was so I'm so proud of it because we've we've come through we've come on a journey to sound it's a bit of a cliche but we have implemented a sort of cultural change within the foundation over the last six years and it sort of felt like wow it's it's paid off and it's been recognized and we're, we're, we're at the point that we probably envisioned six years ago and we've achieved it and we've someone's come along and said actually you, you're great you're brilliant and because there was it was because there was so much hard work that went on behind it it's not an easy thing to do to to implement a cultural change to have honest conversations with people to to really change how we're seen in the community to get the right staff you know all of that kind of thing is is a it's, it's hard work but I think it's just that that award and it's not sometimes proudest moments aren't about awards but and I suppose yes it was an award to recognize us but I think it's all the work that had gone on behind the scenes to achieve that which was why I was so proud I think and the team and the team deserved it I really believe it
0: yeah it's always um it is always nice when you get a recognition of the hard work you put in I mean, you know the hard work is just what we do it anyway but it's always just that, that little it's like the icing on the top isn't it you know like it is it
1: is and you know what the other the other thing is I can think of a couple of staff who I've, I've seen flourish and develop and come in maybe quite raw or inexperienced or well yeah and and actually develop and move on and you see them do things and you think that's brilliant that's brilliant and you've learned that hopefully in some way because of the foundation and we've been able to develop you and some of that means that they go on to better jobs which well better jobs other jobs which is is okay if that's the right decision for them but i think the individuals and seeing individuals rise to challenges and develop is really something i'm proud of as well
0: yeah, I get, I get all the time, like, I'll have moments when I'm just sat by myself and I'm realising, because for me, coming from, I come from a rugby really background where, from foundations going, I I can't believe I'm actually such a massive foundation, such a big organisation, it, it still hits me, you know, I'm just saying well, I'm actually one of the best foundations in the country, and I'm actually working here, you know, and I feel so, I, do, and I,
1: feel,
0: I feel so proud, um, like, like you, um, but actually, isn't it? So, like, I'm not. Yeah, that's,
1: but that's. i was just gonna say that's brilliant, though, isn't it? Because actually, what well, that's what we want. We want employees who are proud to be doing their job and You know, grateful, great. Yeah, grateful for having the opportunity to work at the foundation. And actually, I, I mean, the fact that you say it's one of the best in the country that that makes me proud as well. Because again, that wouldn't wouldn't have been the case if six years ago that just it wasn't well, it wasn't the case. And actually, we've worked hard to get to that level. But it is important that because um, it's easy to sort of go in a job and stay there for a certain amount of years and maybe not have that pride in it I guess to keep that is an important thing as well but I'm really glad you said that thank you.
0: I know worries um so a bit of a lighthearted. I know you said you were going to str- you felt you were going to struggle this one so what um what is the funniest moment that's happened to you or even just something that you've seen happen?
1: I, th- I sound really boring because I- I'm really struggling with the question of What's the funniest moment? And I was thinking, it makes me think, because I'm very, well, I like to think. Um, I suppose my job, especially at the minute is, it's sometimes it's lonely being a leader, I think, because you are there. Yes, you've got a team around you, but some things you have to keep to yourself and just be in your head. Um, and I think my personality in general, I'm not, <laughs> sound really boring, but I'm not that fun character who likes to get involved. I'm not, you know, loud and active. I quite like to stand back but also in my role, I don't, at work, I don't want to get involved at that element. Um, Or to be honest, the staff probably don't want me involved, you know, on a night out, they probably don't want me sitting next to them having a chat. Um, I suppose things that make me laugh are things like, when (laughs) we had someone who was on the pitch in the middle of a match, kick a ball and fell over in front of like 30,000 people. And that kind of thing like those one-off things are yeah. quite quite funny i guess but me like I, I really struggle to think of something which is i personally have been involved in which is funny which sounds just makes me just sounds really bad but i i can say that i'm sure other staff have a lot of fun whilst they're working for the foundation
0: yeah definitely it has been a really good laugh um What's I'll, when it's my turn and someone interviews me are, then i have a lot of stories to tell and hopefully a few of it slip through
1: <laughs> and you've only you've only been here three months I know I've been here 15 years and I don't have a funny story <laughs> probably that's reflective of me probably, it's not a good thing
0: I, you've had, you can tell, you can well maybe in a couple of years oh, we had this new guy who'd been here three months and he interviewed me on the foundation for a podcast yeah. and <laughs>
1: yeah i'll say that
0: <laughs> um so one final question um you, you didn't really prepare this but um so what's the future with the foundation you know what have we got planned and you know what's coming forward, what's coming up not just in the not just in the 25th year but over the next tw- the next 25 years
1: gosh i think um our strategy launched last year so our strategy is rel- no no two years ago um, I was going to say it's relatively new but it's, it's not the five-year strategy so we'll have to start writing the next one soon. Um, I think for the foreseeable the pandemic is going to really really influence how we work and what we do. Little things like we've never had home working in our policies before. I would assume that we haven't got to that stage yet that there will be some element of that going forward so there's little changes which are direct effects of the pandemic the staff and how we work. But it's also what we deliver and I think you touched on it earlier that we need to listen to the community and that's the most important thing so what what are the needs in the community and what the needs are in the community two years ago two three years ago when we started to write our strategy are going to be completely different in the next few years there will be I know it's hot you know someone's got to pay for this there's going to be higher unemployment there's going to be well I don't know taxes will rise That unfortunately there will be more poverty and the inequality gap has actually increased through the pandemic so those who are worse off are even more more worse off Um, and it's absolutely essential that whatever we do is is supporting those people who really need it Um, and it's always been that case I guess that we've always tried to do things which have the most impact and make the most difference to those who need it but I think this situation of the pandemic is really going to drive that even further as, as we go forward do we want to do this nice project which is lovely and benefits some people but potentially doesn't make a massive difference I, I don't know I think I think we're still going through it so it's still there's a slight reactivity there but it will get to a stage where we start thinking into the future and what it looks like and I can absolutely guarantee it'll be uh, driven by what's happening at this time, unfortunately. Um twenty-five years in the future, God knows. Um don't know. Don't know the answer to that one, Jim. We'll see. <laughs> Ask me in 20 years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no worries. Good to know you're still here in 20 years though.
1: Oh yes, of course. <laughs> and you.
0: <laughs> well um thanks. Thanks for coming on and being in, it's been interviewed interview. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um I, I really
1: it. have. Thank you.
0: And um for you listening, thank you very much. Um hopefully we'll be doing we'll be doing one a month focus on different projects and hopefully again you get to meet some amazing people that we work with that work for us and find out everything about the foundation so thank you everybody and up the borough